Okay, let's see how this works. Let's try this. Why not? Uh, new studios coming to you from our new studios. I'm trying to make this sound glamorous, even though I've been shoved out of my old office. Home renovations are happening right now. I'm going to make this sound exciting, and I'm going to make this sound glamorous, when in reality, it's neither of the two. But we have home renovations happening right now. Complete transformations of our rooms, which basically means I'm getting squeezed out of where I used to do this podcast. So now I got to plant my microphone wherever I can find a sliver of solitude and silence and then just hope it works. So right now I am in a room that will soon be called nursery and then we will be nesting. Where's my cue cards? Okay, we're nesting in our nursery, but really it's just a dirty, messy room right now with a bunch of furniture thrown about, strewn about, and I'm not comfortable. It's not the same rhythm. It's not the same flow. But as our forefathers said, who gives a shit? Just go, just go, just talk already. You know, with these room renovations, though, I'll say something. It causes you to look at all your clutter and realize you don't need it all. So because we're in the suburbs, or I guess wherever you live, you could just bring all your shit down to the curb with a sign that says free. And we've been doing that. But about an hour ago, as I was coming home, I could see from our kitchen window to the curb, and there was a guy and a girl stroller and dog who stopped to look at our free stuff and they started to laugh. I'm not secure enough for that. They started to laugh. Now, granted, this is stuff that I don't want anymore, but still, I don't want you laughing at the shit we don't want anymore. I wanted to see these people like, oh, wow, look at these great books we could read. Or this old art would look great on our wall. Or this vacuum that barely works. What a treasure. Or check out this lamp that's been cracked and chipped. This would work perfectly in our living room. I didn't need the laughter, strangers walking by. No one's going to pick up this stuff. I guess we have to go to the dump. But also, when you're renovating rooms, when you have that vision of we'll put the bed there, and then we'll put the changing table there, and then we'll put the bookshelf there, and then the unicorn lamp goes right there underneath the elephant sign. It sounds great, right? And a lot of people love this shit. A lot of people love this stuff because there's so many shows on television. I've never really watched a full one, but I get it. I get it. The Netflix renovation shows, home makeovers, where they're not really doing construction. They're kind of just hanging a new curtain with a new area rug and some new lighting and some new throw pillows and boom. And they squeeze it down to 15, 20 minutes And put a little cool music bed underneath and make it sound like it's a fun day. When really, anytime you're just assembling furniture and reading instructions of what screws into what screws into what, it's boring. It's not exciting, but when you edit it down and put cool music to it, of course. People love to watch stuff like this. People love home renovations. Turning an office into a little girl's room, a Peppa Pig themed room. I mean, ultimately, my wife gets all the credit, but because I kind of help here and there, I was able to further prove to myself that this is not my area of expertise. This is not my forte to enjoy this activity. Now, I'm so happy it happened. I'm so happy we're doing it, but really, here's what it sounds like. In real life, here's what it sounds like. Can you lift the bookshelf? No, 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 not over there. Just like put it up against that wall. Okay. And where's the Phillips? Did you get the wrench? No, we don't need it yet, but could you just, no, with the bookshelf, I said, could you just lean over there? Okay. 
Now, should we place the rug right here? Uh, I don't know. What about the Phillips? Do you have the drill? The drill bit? What is a drill bit? Ugh, I explained. It's near the toolbox. I'll do it. I'll do it. How many hammers do we... Wait, where was that? Allen wrench. We don't need an Allen wrench. Honestly, just get my drill. Where is this drill? Just, okay. All I need you to do right now is just take the shelves out so it's lighter. What shelves? Where? Okay, is there even an outlet over here? Is there any outlet? Do we need an extension cord? We had an extension cord. Where is the extension cord? And then I'll say something like, should I put the painting over here? And it's like, who gives a shit where the painting goes? You need to make sure the bookshelf is leaned against the wall. Find the outlet. Wait, do we even need the Allen wrench? You don't need an Allen wrench at this point. Where should we put all this cardboard? What are we going to do with all the styrofoam? I don't, wait, were there nails on the ground? I just stepped on something. Was that a nail? Oh my God. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, oh boy, I meant to put the nails over there. That's how it really sounds, right? And then Netflix will get a hold of it and they'll give you a little something that's highly edited and highly produced. I'll give you something like this. Today on Room Renovators, John and Sarah have one thing in mind, and that's to create a nest of love for their three-year-old. They're going to go rainbow pillows, they're going to go Anna and Elsa chairs, and a cute lighting system that's going to knock your balls right out of your scrotum. Are you ready? Today on Netflix! Fast forward, fast paced, electric. It's fun. Look at them nailing things against the wall and everything fits together. And it's a beautifully furnished room. And now roll the credits. Wasn't that fun? Everyone got along and everything fit and everything matched. And it was beautiful. When really, we know how it sounds when you're doing housework. And we aspire for the edited, highly produced Netflix show or whatever show. It could be ABC, NBC, CBS. Every channel has to have a show like this. So in real life, it sounds like headboard won't fit. It just won't fit in that corner and the whole bed won't fit. So should we put the bookshelf next to the dresser? Wait, where is the dresser? It's too heavy. I'm not going to lift that dresser. You can't lift that dresser. Should we call Rick? I don't know. Who's going to lift the dresser if the bed doesn't fit there? But Netflix will tell us. John and Sarah are excited about their new Lion King bed. Hazawenya! Hey Simba, I think you're gonna like it right there. Little kids love when they enter a room and see a perfectly decorated Lion King themed room. That's it on Room Renovators. Fast forward, fast forward. Fast paced editing, good music. Hell, look, they're putting up the posters. Everything fits together, everything is assembled, they have all the right tools. And that's not how it is. Okay. This is my wife's wheelhouse. A little humbling. I'm not using the word emasculating. You are. I'm not using that word, but I'm just saying it's so clear that she's the quarterback of this house. I hold the clipboard. I'm on the sidelines sending in the signals. Not quite the water boy. I think I still have a spot on the roster, but yeah, I think we know who's the quarterback because the house actually looks good now. And I declutter and I put shit on the curb. And the neighbors are laughing, okay? So it's not, it's not an easy day for me. Plus, I'm squeezed into a nursery that's being nested, a nested nursery right now, to do this damn podcast, and I'm not comfortable. I'm in a kitchen chair. I'm on a diet without carbs, so I'm just floating through the day with headaches and constipation for some reason. I don't know. Hey, you signed up for this, but I'm going to have a six-pack, and isn't that what all 39-year-olds aspire for? 
all vain 39-year-olds are just thinking one thing matters, and that's a six-pack. How many times, even if I did attain a six-pack, how many opportunities to display this? A 39-year-old? You have your friends over and just <laughs> enter the room shirtless? Uh, that sounds pretty good. Little George Costanza exiting the bathroom. By the way, who else goes to the bathroom without a shirt? Just me and George? Terrific! Next time on Room Renovators. Hey, I got to bring up something kind of serious right now. Oh, boy. And I know nobody likes to see the end of anything. We get stuck in our routines, but it's time. It's time to put an end to something. And that is the word literally. Are we done? We're done with literally, right? What percentage of people are even using this word properly anymore? Literally pops up into literally every statement I've ever heard from every human on planet Earth right now. Enough. I think we're done. We reached the end. It sounds way too dumb when it's always misused. I guess 3% of the time, the word literally is necessary and helps the sentence and emphasizes something that is really needed when communicating. But nearly 100% of the time you hear the word literally nowadays, it just sounds so stupid. People are using it as habitual filler. Students, adults, people on TV. I think we have to just retire. We can lose a few words in the dictionary every so often. We're always adding more words to the dictionary. Why don't we eliminate some? Literally. It's never needed. Today I walked by two students. I just walked by two students on campus, both wearing masks, and they were talking about tennis. And one of the kids said, he literally just kept hitting it into the net. Okay, he was talking about a fault in tennis. He was talking about a tennis player who kept hitting the ball into the net. Who needed the word literally? You could just say, he kept hitting it into the net. But he literally, he literally was hitting it into the net. And I guess the other person goes, literally? You're being literal right now? If I tell you I got to a place early, like I arrived at the dentist's office 10 minutes ahead of my appointment, Do you need me to say, I was literally there 10 minutes before my appointment started. I think it's when people want to sound very intense or they want to capture your attention. I think that's it. Why why are people overusing this? Like, let's explore that for a moment. If I say it, does it make something sound more exciting? How many statements, by the way, throughout the day are even exciting? Zero? Most humans probably average two exciting statements per month. Like things that are actually worth listening to. The rest of the shit is just mundane, run-of-the-mill, who cares? So I think enough people, especially teens, who want to gain the power. Look at me! The word literally feels powerful to them. What sentence impacts you more? If I said I was driving the other day and someone just swerved into my lane. Or if I said I was driving the other day and someone literally swerved into my lane. You needed literally? Did you need it? If you did, choose another podcast, fuck face. No, I'm just kidding. That's a little extreme. You can't call your listeners fuck face and expect to gain any traction. It's rule number one of podcast promotion. You know that. I know that. I just got to backpedal a little bit, get back on track, but I'm going to make a vow. You'll never hear me use that word. It's retired. I'm going to go to that page in my dictionary. I'm going to go to the L's, and when I find literally... I'm going to scribble it out with a Sharpie. I'm telling you, we don't need it. I can't remember the last time a student spoke to me without saying that word. And I've accepted it for way too long. See, this is when I put my foot down. You didn't know I was such a disciplinarian. I am. 
Actually, you know when I really need to see people become disciplinarians? When I see other parents at a hotel pool not regulating their kids who are acting like fucking animals. And I'll profile real quick. Little girls in the pool swimming around. Swimming around. Have you ever seen little boys in a pool? Is there anything more violent than a couple of little boys in a pool just strangling each other, insulting each other, screaming at each other, nearly drowning one another? Have you ever seen little boys, let's say ages, oh, I don't know, 5 to 12, in a pool? In a hotel pool? Holy shit. And for the parents that do regulate this, hey, props to you. Love you. At least you tried, right? But to the parents that are just on their phones or reading newspapers, them little boys in the splash zone? Come on. I don't think I've ever seen something so scary. I saw one kid just trying to choke out his brother. Just trying to strangle him to death in a pool. They were friendly when they were on the pool deck. When they were just sitting in their lounge chairs, they were smiling, having some chips, having some laughs. Is this a nice vacation? It certainly is. They take three steps into the pool. And it's a fucking kill you, you fat ass. Mom, he called me fat. Actually, I'm not making that up. One kid was making fat jokes at his brother. And the brother tried to tell mom, but where was mom? Mom's not there. I don't see that discipline. I will also say this. I'll be okay. I know I'll be a girl dad, two daughters. I'll be okay if they wrestle, if they fight in the pool. I'll be okay. I can even appreciate it. Kids are kids. Vacation mentality. It's not just for adults to get busy at the bar. It's for kids in a hotel pool to go wild. Fine. But still, when it starts to, you know what I mean? When it starts to creep into other people's space, when they're spitting water out of their mouth onto each other's, at a time like this with a pandemic, just kids spitting water in each other's faces. Actually, it was a relaxing trip. Family went to Monterey recently. What the hell am I talking about? It was great. It's probably the first time in a very long time where a week did not fly by. From the beginning of COVID-19 to right now, every week has flown by. Because we're sheltered. We haven't vacationed. We haven't flown anywhere. But we did a little hotel life at the Monterey Hyatt. And time slowed down. This is so interesting. The psychology behind how we experience time. I've always, I almost thought it was a disorder. I've always thought that life is just ticking, ticking, ticking away. And when people say it goes fast, I'm the first one to agree. It goes fast. It seems like my life is going quickly. Do you agree? Or is this just the normal pace of life? And I have to accept that, that there is no normal speed of life. However, we process it. That's it. That's exactly it. So for me to think, man, I wish it was slower. I wish it felt slower. Because I don't want to just be in a hamster wheel of a lifetime. I don't want my existence to be rushed in one big blur out of the womb and into the grave. I know that sounds morbid, but we want to slow it down. Be mindful. Enjoy it. I have such a heightened awareness of how time passes. It's probably a great topic for a therapist. And I don't just mean nowadays. I mean, even in high school, even in college, I was always saying stuff like that to people who weren't on the same page. I was always saying, wow, it seems like this semester flew. Man, that weekend went fast. Wow, did we eat dinner? It felt like I was here for five seconds. That's just how I'm living. All my moments feel like they're flying, 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 flying. What would a therapist tell me? Go to the Monterey Hyatt and chill the fuck out. Luckily, I married somebody who is chill. I think that's the goal. Marry somebody who has different qualities. I could 
easily, I know myself, easily get stuck in the same exact routine. But the other day, this is special. The other day, it was one of those rare moments. Daughter at preschool, day off. Husband and wife, home alone together. Daughter at preschool, day off of work. Husband and wife, home alone together. Clearly could have just been a day of Netflix and pajamas, and I think it certainly was at some point. And of course, assembling furniture. Hey, time to renovate. But there was a moment where my wife just looked at me and said, hey, let's go grab a newspaper, a coffee, and find a diner, a booth in a diner. When they say it's the little things in life, let me tell you, it's so true. It's how emotional I am about a booth with coffee and a newspaper. I had to whisper, it's so true. It's the little things. And she was the catalyst of this plan. I think I would have just stayed home, had the same boring breakfast, went on a run, meditated, took a shower, watched a Netflix show, picked up my daughter, and then the day would have felt like 10 minutes. But instead, we did something novel, a diner. Eggs, bacon, sausage, French toast, pancakes, orange juice, just get all the beverages. I'll have an orange juice, I'll have a grapefruit juice, I'll have a coffee, I'll have a water. Do you guys have tomato juice? You don't? All right, send someone to a store. Get it, because we go to a diner once every five years. Going out to breakfast almost felt exotic. It was such a rare experience. Since when do you have time to leisurely read articles in a newspaper? And that's exactly what we did. We both, I bought two newspapers, we both just sat there, and every so often, just kind of mumbled something that we thought was interesting. Huh, looks like Netanyahu is uh, interesting. I guess the insurance for the wildfires is a... It looks like uh, Gavin Newsom, you know, start these little conversations. Man, these college basketball players are certainly struggling. Hey, did you realize this district is still closed? Conversation, conversation, conversation. Based on newspaper articles, we even said we have to slow down. To read a newspaper article is actually a different pace. It's a different experience than reading news on your phone, than reading news on a computer. I don't know how to explain it, but it makes you want to just kind of go with a slower flow, enjoy the reporting, enjoy the editorializing. I was actually even able to enjoy the layout. I know this sounds crazy. You talk about something people overlook, but in journalism, when I have a few students who design with the software InDesign, who design every single page, it takes so many hours. So to look at the San Francisco Chronicle, I was appreciating the size of the fonts, how they assemble each page, photo, caption to be continued, looking at each column, the spacing. I was like really appreciating. This is a huge project that we still do. Now, will newspapers be extinct in 50 years? I absolutely think the answer is yes. But right now, you pick up a newspaper. Yes, it feels vintage. Perhaps some of you would agree. It just feels like an old school experience all of a sudden. But that's kind of a fat project that's accomplished each and every day. I'm not saying newspapers do it at such a high level. Sometimes they're thin. Sometimes you find a typo. Sometimes you hate the content. But really, the idea of putting one out every single day is impressive. Definitely something I would not have realized until I've tried to teach students how to do this, and I could barely do this. Nope, bring that photo down just a little bit. Good. And no, 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 the font is too big. We don't want it bold, but in italics, just keep it regular Times New Roman font. Maybe like size 10. No, no, no. Let's go size nine point font. And that conversation might even take three minutes. If everyone's collaborating on how a page of a newspaper should look and you care so much about something people don't give a shit about. No one gives a shit about anything. They just flip page, 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 page. But there's people agonizing 
over the proper spacing and what article goes where and putting what with what the horoscopes need to fit next to the bridge tips next to the crossword puzzles and then after that that's where you want to put in the ad for sealy mattresses perfect it's like assembling a puzzle and i finally had enough mindful time to notice this enjoy this appreciate this and have at least five cups of coffee who would ever tell the waitress no a little more coffee sure a little more yeah of course how about now yeah i'm shaking and sweating and my whole body is wet for some reason but yes yes more coffee please Give me that diner coffee with all those little tiny tubs of French vanilla, Irish cream, snickerdoodle. Let me sweeten the shit out of this. So have you seen little boys playing in a pool? It's nothing more violent. I'll be teaching World War II next week. There's nothing more violent than little boys playing in a pool, insulting each other, making fat jokes as they strangle each other and spit chlorinated water into each other's faces. Come on, parents. Come on. Come on. You're better than that. Come on. Come on. Does anybody remember their first power bar? How was it sold to you? Or just the idea. How was it marketed to us? The first power bar we ever had. Was this a granola bar? No, no, no. This will give you power. There were no other bars. Okay, I could be completely wrong. I don't know. Just in my head, power bar came out and it was the only bar that made you feel like it was really nutritious. You remember how chewy it was? It was really bad for your teeth. They didn't taste good. They were either like chocolate, apple, cinnamon, or banana nut. They weren't good, right? But if you had a power bar, it was like a placebo effect. You felt like, oh, now I have more energy. I'm feeling healthy today. I'm a little more alert. No one was looking at nutrition facts, but because it was the only one on the market, who cares what the nutrition facts were? Could have had the same exact nutrition facts as a Milky Way, but Power Bar, when they first hit, I remember that was like a big deal. Like this is a game changer, almost like Gatorade gum or Gatorade itself. I don't know what an electrolyte is, but I'm like all the sheep who just cling to a few advertising words and I go, oh wow, electrolytes, replenish, revitalize, huh, sign me up. But nowadays you don't know anybody that eats Power Bars, right? And that's because if you go to any grocery store, please go to the bar section. How many racks? I want you to count how many racks and how many brands are there of bars and read all the buzzwords, please. You'll find 100 specialized advertising words that are trying to differentiate one bar from the other. So I tapped out. I tapped out of the bar game. I don't buy into the bar game anymore because it takes too long. Anything that takes so long to select because you always feel the need to get the best. You ever try to buy an area rug on the internet? Sift through millions? Do we want shag? Do we want low pile? Do we want geometric shapes? Oh, that'll get dirty. What are the dimensions on that? Ooh, should we look? It could take days of your life. I think the amount of options that we have searching for the right bar on the shelf or the area rug on the internet it's ruining our lives. We're losing so much time making decisions. When was the last time you just bought something? I understand. I understand. Capitalism is a beautiful thing. Competition. How great. How great. We have so many choices and so many options for everything. But look what happened. Too many. Now it's too many. We're actually losing quality moments of life. Searching and searching and searching and searching and searching. Right now, you know. You know who you are. You're looking for something online. You're in the market for what? For what? A bathing suit? You want to get a bathing suit on the internet or go to a store? How many options do you think there are? 
7,000 is the answer. I just calculated that for you. And there are people that get so into it that even after they make the purchase, they keep looking and looking and looking and looking. It's like anybody who's ever purchased a home. You probably looked at millions of homes on the internet. And then even once you bought the home, did you keep going to Redfin? Did you keep going to Zillow? Did you literally keep going to Redfin? You literally kept going to Redfin? That's different than just going to Redfin. That's very different. All right. All right. I'll end with this. Our district had a full return to campus today. No more hybrid, no more cohorts. Everybody, you're welcome back to campus. Just wear a mask. So my classrooms were packed today and I liked it because the campus felt alive. And I fully understand if some people are worried. I get it. And I do believe the students that are terrified have an option to stay home. But for the most part, today, April 12th, actually felt like the first day of school. And right as my sixth period students arrived, I noticed, I said hello, but I noticed that they all sat down, opened up their Chromebooks, their laptops that were on their desks, and most of them took their phones out as well. Just immediately double screen. No one said hello to each other. No one really said hi to me. And I realized, oh shit, we are out of practice. Folks, say hello to people around you. Say hello to people around campus. We're allowed. You could say hello to me. How was your weekend? We need to practice this. I could just get right into history or we could start to practice being humans again. How was your weekend? Oh God. No, just try to go a little more conversation, a little more smooth, calm. How was your weekend? You try it. How was your weekend? <laughs> no, you missed. You missed your mark. Do we know how to socialize? These teenagers were so comfortable to just come down, boom, put the screen up and go to their phone. And I had to give the speech. I said, I'm not judging you and you're not rude. None of you are rude because for a full year, we have told you that education is through your screen. So when you come back to my classroom, I don't blame you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not judging you. But look up just for the first few moments of class. Just look up and look at each other. We're back. We're here. I actually had to facilitate the moment of you can look away from the screen and some of them probably resented it like this old bastard look at him trying to guide my experience in the classroom but i was telling them there was a point where if you took out your phone and just put a laptop on your desk you'd be in trouble there was a time i don't know how many years ago but if you just came into a classroom didn't say hi to any other humans put a laptop on your desk and had your phone in your hand that'd be alarming and then when i see 30 kids do that i realize oh shit we rewired a generation to think that that's okay. And maybe it is okay. Maybe I'm the only one who has to adapt. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm the only one who has to adapt because the antiquated old school teacher who loves his projector and chalk, you love your projector and chalk, you bastard, has to advance. I guess I do. I guess I do. So from the glamorous studios of a nursery that's going to be nested and completely renovated... And we're going to hang that nice new poster above the throw pillows, which will really tie in the bouquet. All that on Room Renovators. Oh, if you could only see the room I'm actually in right now. I feel like I'm squatting. I really do. I feel like a hobo who found an abandoned storage closet. And I'm just squatting. By the way, can we still use hobo? Or should I ease off of that? Is it Hobo Awareness Week? 
Is anybody triggered by that? See, I have to advance. I know how to coddle. I know how to coddle the new generation. The amount of words that I currently use that I know I can't use in the next three years is kind of astounding. Like after the root canal, they had to shave down one of my back molars. And the only way to describe that is a hobo tooth. You got yourself a hobo tooth? Yeah, they're going to put a crown on it. But until then, just straight hobo tooth. Isn't that the best way to describe it? See, sometimes it's the perfect word. But I know, hey, I'm all for regulating against anything that hurts feelings. Believe it or not. I mean, sometimes it's all retroactive. You go, oh, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Didn't mean to. I just need to be informed. But yeah, I'm in a hobo storage closet for episode 135. I appreciate you listening. I do. Let's just end this shit. Okay, it's in the books. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 